I must say that this interview, listeners, that you're about to hear, has been a long time coming, a long time with many complications in the making. Uh, but we're going to be talking to, uh, well, well, we'll do a combination of, of um, say, French-English, uh, Dennis Kayser or Denis Kayser. Is that pretty good, Dennis? It's exactly true. I mean, in English, they call me Dennis Kayser. The spelling in French is Denis Kayser. Nice. Nice being yeah, here. Yeah, well, you, you have a fabulous product. And it's certainly well worth the wait. Um, maybe we could start out by your give us your title, and then, if you would, could you describe what constitutes Le Gruyere DOP? Well, I think first of all, saying that I have a fantastic product is maybe not the right way of saying it, because it's we have. I mean, Le Gruyere OP is a product that belongs to cheesemakers, milk producers, and refiners. It's a bit more than 6,500 people involved in that production of that AOP cheese, AOP meaning that protected era in Switzerland. Right. A a product that's been made now since 1115, a bit more than 900 years of traditions. Really? Now, Dennis, your pains to point out that the, the, if you like, the, the, the credit belongs to the to the Gruyere producers, but where where is it where does it actually come from? We we had the impression, mistakenly over the years, I guess, that Gruyere Gruyere was a French cheese, but 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 perhaps your version of Gruyere is more authentic and also not too very far from France. So <clears throat> the production is in Switzerland in five cantons, and Canton Vaux, Fribourg, Bern, Jura, and uh, Fribourg, of course. It's a small production area that's protected, and today we do have 155 cheesemakers and delivering milk to those 155 cheesemakers, around 1,900 milk producers. So wow. back to the history, back to the product. The product is called the Gruyere AOP, and it's a Swiss cheese. There is a Gruyere IGP that belongs to France with a very small production. If we talk about production quantities, uh-huh. they, the total annual production of GRIOP is around 33,000 tons. That is very small compared to uh, the global international production. Never forget, it's not an industrial product. It is a handcraft uh, or GM-free product. Everything, everything goes through the man. Everything goes through the hands of the man, from milking the cows, uh, producing cheese, and then refining. Well, it's, it's, it sure is good. What, how would you describe the characteristics of a well-wrought piece of Gruyere? Every single Gruyere has, and that's make it this great value, 
a different taste, but it follows the same procedures. Uh, what makes it very different is the quality of the milk, using raw milk, first of all, and then through the different milk producer, the cows are having different type, typological of, of grass, depending of the altitude where they graze, and that makes that makes probably the first difference, the taste. Uh, we always say the taste of Switzerland. That's our USP. Uh -huh. every single piece, every single piece of cheese, every single wheel has its own taste, but it's everything specific to the procedures that is defined through the AOP procedure. So you will always recognize a Gruyere, but you will always have a different taste, and that makes it very different from different from, from other cheeses. Now, that's what, what interesting. Could you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. By, by the different places, um, by the terroir, what we call the terroir related to the AOP, to the places, mm -hmm. um, the, the cows not having exactly the same typological of, of herbs, you know, for example, in spring, they'll have uh, flowers. Uh, during, during the summer, the grass will change and be uh, containing less, um, I don't know how the word in English, but there, there, there'll be an effect on the milk and on the taste of that. And interesting is to see that you will always recognize a piece of gruyere, but you will always find a difference. Interesting. Don't forget that. We go, we go through a procedures that allows the cheese to be on the market only after five months of refining. The, the procedures uh, oblige the cheese to be refined during five months, where through what we call the taxation, it means that the consortium, the consortiums allow the cheese to become a Gruyere AOP only after five months. And then our different refiners define or decide to refine it a bit longer, you know, to 9, 12, 18 months. We do believe and we do say that the apogee, so that means the, the best time um, of, of eating a Gruyere is around 10 to 12 months. Like a wow. good wine keep it in a good cellar at the right temperature and bring it to the best, the best time of eating it, approximately uh, 12 months. Now, help me to clarify something that's worrying in my mind, and then I have another question after that. But you, you talk of Gruyere as a raw milk cheese, but, but, but you just describe the cheeses as being stored for a long time. What... what what, is, is there a terminology difference, or is it, some, is it something I'm just not getting right? Uh, you, you, you got it right. I mean, we use raw milk. That raw milk is, uh, is converted into cheese through the procedures. We have two, two, way, two, two way of eating, eating, not eating, eating, eating the cheese. The first... First, uh, the first cook, and then a second cook, and using raw milk and not pasteurized, 
pasteurized milk right, right. allows 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 the cheese to have that that incredible flavor. Then the cheese the cheese when it's made it stays it stays uh, at the cheese maker place. So the cheese maker keep the cheese during the first three months. And after three months, the cheese will leave, will leave the cheese um, maker to go to the cheese cellar. And a cheese cellar is a natural... Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's you're natural, doing fine. It's a, it's a natural cheese cellar where the cheese has to be refined at minimum of five months. And as you might pay attention, I'm always talking about cheese until that five months because through a process, through a quality control that is done by the quality person from the consortium, we do check every single piece, every single wheel, and allow the cheese to become a Gruyere OP. And that is the time, exactly after five months, that you can start having the young Gruyere that is called the Gruyere Classique ah. on the market. And that's the first typological or the first type of Gruyere, the Gruyere Classique. And huh. between five and, and nine months, uh, it has this denomination. Once it gets to 10 months of refining, we call it Reserve. And from there on, the refiners through a specific way of, of taking care or taking care of the cheese, they bring them they bring it to 18, 20, 22 months, 24 months, two years. Wow. As we say and as we believe, 12 months is really the projet where where it's at best taste. So that's you, you, one. Go ahead, Dennis. So that's that's one Gruyere, one one typical Gruyere, the Gruyere. And then we have a Gruyere that we made during the summertime from June to end of September up in the mountain. And it's the Gruyere d'Alpage Aupé. Oh, yeah. And this yeah, Gruyere d'Alpage Aupé is also uh, an AOP Gruyere that is made into 55 specific Alpage cheese dairies. And those cheese dairies um, have a difference with what we call village dairies. And those alpage dairies do their cheese on an open fireplace using wood. And that makes it sometimes this specific, you know, I hate saying woodish or woody, wood, wood, wood taste, but it has a, an, an environment um, that is related with the DNA of, of the place. You know, imagine, imagine a fire up the mountain into a curb. Uh, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's a DNA that's very specific to that production made only in summer, June to October. So we have those two types of, of, of cheeses. Hold on a minute, Dennis. Let me, let me clarify something that I, that I considered important. It may not, may, may not be important at all, but a, n a number of countries and places in France and Italy that we've, that we've been to, they, they have a practice of managing their 
cattle in a, in a distinct yeah. way that called tra- transhumance or something like that. So, so yeah. to, during the winter time, they will stay close close to the farmhouse, if you like, and then in the in the summertime, their their cattle are driven up to the up to the mountains, and as as a result, they get very different kinds of grass and, and a whole exactly. different product just as a result of this thing they call in, in Italy I know they call it the transhumance and I don't know what, what it's called in, in Swiss French but I'm sure, sure it's something similar to that so the word in French in Swiss in the part of, of the, the Gruyere is called the in Alp so going up the Alp and Got it. Going down, going down is the des Alpes, and it, it's the French word for transhumance. Um, okay. uh-huh. But no, the I, in Alpes and the and the des Alpes. Now I do have another question related to that. I guess are, are the cows of a particular breed? What's what's a breed? Sorry about that. Well, breed like a, like a Jersey cow or a, uh, no 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 so. We, that's a question that often comes. Uh, we are not defining the cows, but oh, okay. you know we we have a typical Olsteiner, uh, the most used, but um, it is it is mostly Olstein, yes, that that are okay. used for. Yes. Now, now I have another now I have another question because quite quite recently. We interviewed someone who's involved with the production of chocolate using, yep. among, other, among other things, Swiss boy milk. Yep. Is, 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 that, is that the... Is, are they producing that in the same area or is it coming from a different part of Switzerland? You said Lucerne part? No, called milk milk boy milk boy chocolate chocolate. i know i know the guy i met the guy um (laughs) yeah yeah i know the guy i met him in the fancy food actually Um, you meet everybody at the fancy food show right i met him um i don't know exactly which part is producing the milk the thing is and, and I think it's an important uh, point and an important topic. The milk that is used for chocolate is considered mostly as what we call industrial milk. Got it. Oh, okay. Um, um, we have a specific procedures for the GRP milk that doesn't allow what we call ensilage. I mean, the grass that is used for uh, producing Gruyere is made only on site, in situ. That means on the production. And the milk cannot be delivered to a cheesemaker further than a distance of 20 kilometers. So that's wow. uh, 13, 13, 13 miles. And due to that very restrictive 
expectation we have for milk at the moment the milk price we pay is the highest price in the world really and we pay per liter today approximately uh, 95 95 Swiss so close close to a dollar per liter and well the gallon is 4.2 liter so I would yeah. say 4.4.2 dollar a gallon so so what it gives so, you so when you so when you get it you better enjoy it huh? <laughs> well it is it is a security for the quality yeah yes, yes. we, we you know without with I'm always saying without the cows without the milk we are nothing it's a natural product when we talk about 33,000 tons um, we can't push on a button and produce 4,000 tons more you know right we have that defined quantities related to the protected area and right, that's pretty right. much pretty much where we are and what we can produce um, and we're happy with that now is there a, um, a, a standard flavor profile at all involved with this so there's an aroma yeah there is there's a specific aroma 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 wheel um, that we we divide in flowers then we divide it in milky, then we divide it in animal taste, and then we divide it into food taste. So that's the basic part of this aroma. And then we go for sure into the, the vanilla sweetness. So I would, I would consider a young, what I call a young gruyere of five months to a very sweety, uh, nutty, uh, aroma taste and the more it gets refined you get to wilderness, wilderness wilderness taste you know taste that goes into very aromatic uh, more, more more spicy not salty but more 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 powerful and the mm -hmm. the, the old the older or the, the, the refiner it, it gets it'll come back to what I call um, the wild part it goes back to a cow taste you know like leather oh, yeah, like yeah. like 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 wild so that that the, the aromatic will start from flower back to the basic vanilla flowers apricots very very fresh young and the more it gets mature it comes back to the cow you know it's a circle is there a preferred flavor profile um, uh, on uh, the, your, your customer base, or if you know what I mean. Yeah. Is there like a standard yeah. that you apply to whether it's a successful um, a gruyere or not? I, you know, my answer is, uh, is always you have to taste it, but I can, I can give you a very marketing answer on that. I would say that 60, 70 percent of 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 the people will prefer a young a young classic rear the one that has the normal taste um, and then from there 
we get into the connoisseur person. You see, I like the aged one you, that you sent. I like that better. It was much stronger. Yeah, but you're a connoisseur, you, you, and you're, you're, you know, it's, it's like wine tasting. People starting with something very sweety or that goes on to right. grapey sweetness, and then you go to this tannine, tannine taste or, or, or specific woods, and, and the older it gets, it's the same with the cheese. You know, I would say young, young, young people, um, they, they mostly start with, with classic young cheeses. And more you get into a connoisseur or you're expecting something from your cheese, you'll have it refined specifically. And that will be the job then from the refiners and also from some specific cheesemongers that will keep good health to the cheese to bring it to 20, 22 months. But that's the top, top, top of the iceberg. I mean, it's really a niche market, very, very small market. I think, really? I think, you, sent us, I think you sent us some of that and a number of, a number of other samples. And I have to say, we will, we will fall down. We're, we're, out, we're out of Gruyere. It's a terrible situation. <laughs> Peter loved the Gruyere. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I we'll have very sure, We'll make sure to send. We'll make sure. To oh, send okay. <laughs> we, um, I, I have a very stupid question: Is why does it melt so easily and so well? It's the quantity of fat that allows okay. that, and it's the quality of milk, uh, as it's not saturated. It's uh, through the procedures of raw milk that we only bring it to 37 degrees, you know, we keep all, okay. the, all the fat into, into the cheese and that allows it to melt it that way. And so that's part of its characteristic, isn't it? It is, it is, it is one of the parts that, that does define the gruyere that you can eat it by hand, enjoy it, but that you can add it into cooking and uh, pairing it with vegetable, with gratin, and being very creative, you know. There are some people using it as, as instead of salt, they'll use, they'll use cheese, they'll use gray oh, really? to, <laughs> yeah, to, to, to add to add the missing salt to, to what they're cooking, you know, to, to a gravy, to... There's some very creative uh, cook, not only three Michelin stars, but you know, nice uh, people cooking at home. Um, it belongs. The GRP belongs to this culinary, I would say, culinary culture. Okay, so so in other words, it's not just a rarefied cheese that you find only in in uh, uh, star restaurants. No, I mean, it has and, 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 yeah, and we do not, and we do not communicate or, or if we talk marketing-wise, we, I try personally to avoid what I say those three big stars, chefs, and who wants to promote Le Gruyere OP because we believe mm -hmm. it's really a, it's a family product, it's a premium okay. product for sure, it's a premium product, it's a connoisseur product. Um, but it allows you even to make a mac and cheese incredible. Uh -huh. 
Yeah, well, because it, um, it, 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 it does. It does. <laughs> I know it does. Even a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's yeah. great for that, too. <laughs> but, but, by the yeah. way, here's, here's, a, here's a piece of obscure information that you can take away from this interview. It's called, Who, Who Introduced Mac and Cheese into the United States? I don't know. And? I don't know. And the, and the, the answer is Thomas Jefferson. Thomas okay. Jefferson. <laughs> because pre- President, okay. President Jefferson was something of a yep. farmer anyway. Yeah. Yep. But, 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 he, but he spent a good deal of time as foreign secretary to the new France. Yeah. USA country. So he lived for a long period of time in Paris in and, Paris, and yeah. developed a taste for mac and cheese. Probably, probably, into, probably developed a taste for Gruyere AOP too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and see, what what I'm always saying, I mean, cheese cheese is part of life. And yes. last year, in 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 23, Le Gruyere OP made what we call the the first cheese Grand Chelem. Just you probably know that, or otherwise, yeah. um, there are there are four there are four different awards in the world that is given given to cheeses the Wisconsin award the world champ the world championship in Wisconsin yeah. there is uh, le mondial du fromage or il mondial del cuejo so once once a year wow. it's in in Rennes and the other year it's in Sao Paulo it's the mondial then there's yeah. the world wow. cheese award the world cheese award and there's the Swiss cheese award and the Gruyere OP has been nominated uh, first and best cheese at all those four uh, championships last year, and none of cheese never ever has ever done that. You know, and well, that was, that's, that's just amazing. Yeah, that's, that's but, I mean, it is spectacular cheese. I mean, Peter was so enamored with this cheese. <laughs> yeah. it, shows, it shows. It shows the quality. It shows that. It's a specific taste, and our, our, our colleagues and very respected, you know, uh, friends from Parmigian Reggiano or, 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 or Comté OP, as I say, they, they, they look at the Gruyere OP like, wow, I mean, this is, this is an, incredible, an incredible result, but it shows the serious that is behind, and it's what, how you, where you started, you know, that I have a fantastic product. I'm just in charge mm-hmm. of a fantastic product, representing all those people working together. And never forget the never forget the cows. You know, the cows are important. Yes. Well, well you know, I mean, nature. You, nature. You you present a really great picture of of your cheese um, because of it, you you recognize um, that. I don't know how to describe it. It's the underlying, the wow factor of of the sand production, which is, I think, the thing that really sets it apart. It comes, it comes from Mother Nature. You know, if, yes. if we started, if we started making cheese in 1115, was to 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 keep milk, in a way of yes, not, right, not right, of right. not losing it. 
so we, we converted it in, into cheese, cheese. And all, all, all around the world. And I think this is, this is something important about the philosophy of cheese, of Le Gruyere OP, but also from our, our competitors that I, I do respect. Because I always say that we're not the best cheese in the world. We are one of the king be between other kings. It's just a matter of taste because it's, 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 it's choosing. It's, at the end of the day, it's the client, it's the public, it's the consumer that decide what he wants to eat. What we decide and what we want to say is that we have the respect of the cows, the sustainability, and, and, and doing, it, doing it right, you know. And there are 6,000 6, people behind one piece of cheese that comes on your table at the end of the day. You know, that's something that's, that's important. Now, the, the, good, the yeah. good news, Dennis, is, is you're, you're here in the United States, so you're going to make sure that there's a never-ending supply of this cheese that you've described so eloquently this afternoon. And, yeah. and, and, we, and, well, we, and we, thank, we thank you for that. And we... Wish you great success as you undoubtedly would like to expand the number of cheese wheels that you sell. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your attention. I appreciate that. Well, and well it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's, it's, it's been a, tr- it's been a um, journey. <laughs> but as, as um, yeah. um, one of the Jesse said, would recognize that it was certainly worth all, all the weight and all the effort. Um, again, uh, listeners, seek out the Gruyere DOP cheese and find out which form of it appeals to you the most because it does have different forms, as we said. Um, and, um, you know, my, my vote is for the well-aged cheese, but who am I? <laughs> Thank you very okay. much. I hope you have a really wonderful time at the uh, Fancy Food Show in Las Vegas. And um, uh, do you think Las Vegas is crazy? I guess you've been there many times. Listen, I was here the first time in 87 back. Uh, <laughs> and it's, fun, it's, it's funny because I'm staying in a brand new hotel that is close to the Circus Circus. But Las Vegas is for me Sin City, and it's not where I feel more comfortable and I'm really looking forward to go to go what I call back home next week in Montana in my little place called Big Fork in Kalispell looking okay. and visiting the family so but Vegas is business and what happened in Vegas stay in Vegas yeah I, I was in Vegas once and and I my mother was a fan of Vegas and she was um, in her last years and and um, she wanted to go in the worst kind of way, so I took her uh, in a wheelchair. <laughs> I took her to Vegas, and after yeah. two days there, I called Peter Frantic saying, "I don't think I could survive this." <laughs> but that's a story for another. That's a story. That's a story for another day. Another day. Uh, but anyhow, uh, the, the fancy food show, though, is certainly a revelation, and you're sure to have uh, to be well-fed and well-informed from your, your three days there. And Dennis, I'm glad to finally get to, to meet you and talk to you, and thank you again enormously. Thank you. 
Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. I got very excited, Janine even, um, to learn that that the Chief School of San Francisco um, has tackled a new um, kind of collaboration, uh, a new expanded agenda for uh, its mission, and a major move. Um, For those who don't know, could you describe what is the, uh, the, do we call it the Cheese School of San Francisco? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, okay. I'm happy to do that. Yes, the Cheese School of San Francisco is really the only institution of its kind in the United States that's completely dedicated to um, the education um, of cheese, all things cheese. Everything we do revolves around educating people um, about cheese. So our, our um, classes, we have a full you know, selection of classes that, that change at all given times um, where, where the public can come and enjoy and, um, you know, they can take anything from a cheese 101 class to different pairing classes, whether that's, you know, um, you know, we can do focused like regional pairings, so like red red wines of Italy with cheeses of Italy, something like that. Um, uh-huh. We also have um, cheese and chocolate and cheese and charcuterie. Um, oh, we explore <laughs> many different regions. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. So how did it start? I mean, who started it? Tell us a little bit about the background and, and history of it. You've moved yeah. several times, more than several times, right? Yes. Yes, yes. So the Cheese School originally was um, was originally founded by Daphne Zeppos, um, and Daphne came to um, you know the United States realizing that there wasn't a lot of um, back in the day a lot of like amazing European cheeses here, and um, she really wanted to get the word out um, about cheeses you know, in Europe, in the United States, and just start educating people about that. So that's really how it all began. Um, and, you know, Daphne was a, was a, was a huge, uh, you know, part of Essex um, Cheese Company and, you know, bringing, bringing those cheeses into the United States. And that's kind of where it all really started. Um, the original location of the cheese school was in a teeny tiny little um, little uh, space. I mean, truly an apartment above a cafe on um, Francisco and, and, and Bay, like right there on Powell and Francisco, um, you know, kind of close to Pier 39. And um, it was a teeny tiny little location. Um, when I, I, my background is I used to work in um, a, a, for a big Japanese animation company, and I purchased a, a movie theater, um, which was the old North Point Theater, which was directly across the street from the um, the original location of the cheese school. So that's actually how I got in, uh, you know, got to know the cheese school at first. Yeah. So it's actually Just kind talk of a about fun, serendipity, um, huh? <laughs> I know exactly. Very serendipitous, um, for sure. And you know, I used to run global operations for them, so I was always traveling and running around. I had a had a, a twenty four hour job pretty much between all of my countries that I supported. But um, you know, in my free time, I would I would you know put in 
fake fake meetings into my calendar and run over to the cheese school and take a take a class or two. <laughs> oh, really? Um, if I could. So, um, so yeah. So that's kind of how I got to know the cheese school at first, um, and I became friends with the owner um, at the time. Who uh, her name is Carrie Fisher, and um, she and I became friends. And as she was developing the cheese school, you know, we always kept in touch as she was growing her business. So, um, so anyway, she ended up moving the school from that location to a location in the Mission, and they sta- they shared that space with a place called Stable Cafe, which Stable Cafe is still there. They're very good friends of ours still, um, and it's a beautiful location that is kind of indoors and outdoors. Um, it's, a, it's a little, like, oasis in the middle of the Mission. So the cheese school was there for many years with, um, with Stable, and um, we were able to you know, do so many fun events um, and really expanded our offerings there because we had more space. What year are we talking about? What Um, year is this? I believe they moved into um, stable. I want to say around like 2011, maybe. Um, I think it was right around, right around there. Um, and yeah, I think it was right around there. And they moved there and stayed there for quite a long time. And Kiri ended up expanding the business to, um, you know, create another location over in Larkspur, but ultimately moved to Ghirardelli Square in 2018, where oh, she so brought all of been. the you know, all, yeah, and it was an amazing location. She brought all of the, um, all of the pieces of the business together in one place. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we had our classes. We were doing many special private events um, that were customized cheese experiences for clients, um, also a, a major cheese catering program. And then we had a cheese counter and a full um, restaurant, restaurant cheese kind of wine bar. And um, all of those were under one roof in Ghirardelli Square. And we were there in Delhi Square from 2018, and we're just moving out um, right now. And um, well, now weren't we're you also in the ferry building? Weren't you in the ferry building no, at some point? No, we were not in the ferry building. The cheese school oh. was never in the ferry building. Okay. No, we we went from North Beach to um, North Beach to the Mission to um, Ghirardelli. I so, see. but. You know, the cowgirl was in the was in the ferry building, and I that was where I first started working in cheese. Was it was it uh, at cowgirl in the ferry building? I spent a ton of time in the ferry building. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, you know, but, we we yeah, we so, know we so, know the you know, we know the point the point raised cheese company people. Oh yes, the, the Jackmanis. We love them. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, we've yes, had them they are, they are good time. friends of ours, too. We love them so much. Um, they are an amazing group of, of um, you know, women that run the show. And, of, you know, of course, uh, they do wonderful things for our community and the environment and all of the rest of it. They're, they're, they're awesome. And their cheese is fantastic, of course. They, they, they <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they, I love they their cheeses. They, they oh, my goodness. Story. Me, they too. Go ahead and rub it. They they told us the story of how they got to be a cheese company. <laughs> yes, was, yes. Was, was almost kind of accidental. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, they are. But, but um, having, yeah. having said having said that, how do you make the cheese school work from a purely financial standpoint? I mean, what what's mm. what's the what's the what's the principal revenue stream that, that lets you? Open the store day to day to day. Is it is it yes. customers? Is it cheese makers? Is it 
What, it, what is it? It is, yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, our, the focus of our um, revenue right now, um, especially post-pandemic, is really our classes and our events and our catering. Um, so we, we in, the, in the process, when I was taking the, the company over um, in the middle of the pandemic, so, um, you know, Kiri had announced that she was selling the company um, back in um, 2019, in, in December of 2019, and that sale was supposed to go through in April of 2020. Um, and obviously the pandemic hit and um, yeah. that sale ultimately fell through. So Kiri was planning on closing the business, just shutting it down, and I just didn't want her to do that. I was like, give me a chance and let me try and save this and uh-huh. carry it forward. Um, so that's kind of how I got involved. So at the time, like I was saying, the cheese school, when I took it over, it was all things. It was a, you know, a cafe, a cheese counter. Um, we did catering and classes and events. But, um, you know, because of the pandemic and especially because of our location in Ghirardelli Square, um, you know, there was not really, not, not very many uh, people coming to the square because of the pandemic and San Francisco yeah. shut down and everything. So, so I I had to kind of pivot the business. We we started, you know, like many other businesses to survive. We we did virtual classes for uh, you know a long time, and we still continue to do those today. Um, we did those for about a about a year, and then um, ultimately I um, closed down the cheese counter and the um, the cafe and the restaurant part of it because we had to focus on our classes and our events, which is really, uh, and our catering, which is really what drives our revenue. Um, And so that being said, um, you know, that's part of the reason why we are, we, you know, chose to uh, leave Ghirardelli Square. Um, They have been the most incredible people to work with um, and landlords there at the square. They've been incredibly supportive and amazing. Um, and just lovely, lovely, lovely people. I'm going to miss being in the square every day yeah. so much. Um, but, but our space there was very unique in that, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, the original, like, home of the original chocolate maker when he came to the United States, you know, 150 years ago. Um, he lived in, in what, is the cheese, what was the cheese school at Ghirardelli uh, with his family. So it's like, it feels like a house. It is a house. Um, so our event space was mainly upstairs and the restaurant was downstairs. So the event space, you know, where we did most of our events, we could, we, it could, it was, you know, we could hold probably about 40 people or so kind of standing up 40, 50 people, but we really needed to expand that, which is why we needed to, um, to, you know, move into a different location. So our location in the dog patch um, is much more, um, you know, industrial. We are sharing a space with our dear friends at Daily Driver um, who, you know, themselves own one of the most exquisite creameries around on um, Tomales Farmstead Creamery. I love their cheeses very much, and we feature them all the time in our classes too, um, along with the Jacobini's cheeses as well. But, um, but you know, it was a good match. It's a, we, we're good friends with them. We bring people up to their farm all the time um, on our oh, farm nice. tours and stuff. And, yeah, and, and they're, they're fantastic, and their space is much larger. It's, like, you know, close to 7,500 square feet. Um, and we needed some more space to kind of spread out with our um, guests 
in our um, in the kitchen, you know, because of the cheese school in Ghirardelli, the kitchen was teeny tiny. It was more of the, you know, the event space. So, um, you know, we were able to do pizza making classes and, and cheese making and other, other things like that, but to really kind of expand our programming with classes and cheese making and, um, you know, culinary classes like cooking with cheese, we really needed more of um, an expansive kitchen space, which is exactly what we have um, in the dog pouch. So the space there is absolutely beautiful. Um, it's a, it's a, um, a, a like totally giant soaring ceilings and natural light and um, a, oh, a nice. really large yeah. commercial kitchen that everybody can spread so out. Where exactly the is the dog patch? So it is at the bottom um, of Potrero Hill, basically, on the water. So um, okay. it is kind of like just a few blocks. We're just a few blocks away from the Chase Center where the Warriors play now. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a really kind of fun location. It's definitely more n- more neighborhoody. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, it's becoming definitely a pretty premier food destination as well. So many restaurants um, have been opening up in that location. That's and, true. Um, yeah. It's a really fun, yeah, it's great. It's yeah. great. Um, you know, Pacino is there, and um, Suvla just opened up two doors down from us. And, um, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of um, fantastic places right nearby, um, by, you know, our, our location. So and it's nice and walkable. Crane Cove Park is very close by. So it's a, it's a very sweet um, location, and I'm excited to explore a new neighborhood and get to know new neighbors for sure. But um, yeah. you know, it really, it really gives us this move. Really gives us the opportunity to um, expand what's what works for us, which is our our classes and our events um, and our catering. Because you know, if the pandemic uh, didn't teach us anything, but that you know, we all. Um, you know, kind of got back into, we had got a little bit more work-life balance, let's just say, and we found ourselves yeah. in the kitchen, which, you know, food really, um, you know, not only nourishes us, but really nourishes our soul, and it brings people together, and, and we've we've seen such an uptick in our classes. Um, yeah, know, and I'll, I wanted to ask you about that. The first thing that struck me was you are unique. You're the only school of this sort in the whole country. Um, why? I mean, it seems to me to be a concept that is perfectly logical and should be happening all over the place, but it's only happening yeah. <laughs> in San Francisco. Why? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, our history and everything that kind of happened with Daphne and then just California cheese making and all of that, like, I think our, our San Francisco is prime for that, plus our love of food and just our access to incredible produce and, and all of the and yeah, wine sure. and all the things that go with cheese, I think that's yeah. probably part of it. Um, you know, there are other um, there are other companies um, it, it, around around the nation that do classes or cheese makers that do classes here and there. Um, but we are, you know, just that's all of that is like solely what our focus is, and we hope to, um, yeah, you know, all under that, one roof, now which that, is now incredible. That, yeah, 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 it's all now, under one now, roof. Now, where do your students come from? Or, yeah, mm, they come from all over the place because we we have you know a really dedicated local following um, in the Bay Area. People drive, um, you know, two or three hours to come to classes. They come from all the way up north. Really. 
down south, and yeah, we had um, you know some some folks come um, who were from Salinas the last time we had class. So you know, people come from quite a quite a long way away. Um, folks so do you have any kind of um, you know we we were uh, at what's the name of the, the, the school in Ireland that we hang out at? Rather, um, remember. I mean, people come from all over the world to go to, to this cooking school. In, uh, oh, ba- ba- yes, ba- ba- yes. Ba- and Malou, people come from... He's talking about Ballymaloo and, and... Yeah, yeah. And, but they have, like, uh, they have arrangements for um, housing and all kinds of stuff. I mean, do you get into mm-hmm. that kind of thing? So we are actually now that um, you know now that the the ownership of the school has actually finally gone through and we're able to you know get 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 settled into our new space. Those are all things that we are talking about. So we're talking about expanding into um, many other locations around the United States, but also creating a travel program like a you know study abroad program. And we're working um, closely with our dear friends um, at cheese journeys to to expand in that area as well um, we are going to um, you know start a kids program um, we're oh, hoping wonderful. to kind That's of do a, hot, a little like area program yeah. too yeah totally like it's so fun um, and you know we want people it's it, a big piece of what we do you know I, I firmly believe that the cheese school really is the most important you know goal is to support um, our communities and cheese it's not only the cheese makers but it's the farmers it's all the people who um, you know produce the producers the artists and producers who make all of the all of the things the accompaniments that go with cheese whether it's you know cured meats or wine or nuts or jam or you know whatever whatever it is well, it's everything you know, everything sporting. everything yeah <laughs> everything exactly honey like you name it and and um you know it's it's important to me um to not lose sight of that 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 that's why the cheese school is so important because we're not only lifting up the cheese makers but everybody that that you know goes along with that so um so you know our farm uh tour program is very important and I, that's what i want to expand like where we're going to you know hopefully go go spend a couple of nights on a farm and experience you know cheese making and um you know spending time with the animals and all of that to to make that really connection. that's part of the farm tour that seems yep, very yep, ambitious so, <laughs> yeah yeah we you know we definitely um, we definitely do this already with our farm tours, but we go up for the day and, and then, um, you know, and come back. We spend the whole day up at different farms and we explore, um, you know, different different cheese makers or, um, you know, uh, we, sometimes we go to wineries, um, you know, we go to places where they produce honey, like different things like that um, so that people have a full understanding and appreciation for um for everything that kind of goes goes into it um, because it's really nice to make that connection we we're so lucky here in the bay area because we have access to all this beautiful artisan oh yeah and we can walk to any supermarket and get a beautiful piece of cheese right um yeah. but it's to me well, it's important to for to make that connection for people to be like where did this come from and what went into it and why is it important to 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 support artisan cheese makers so well, how has all this going on with the climate affected everything there? I have, you, I have, a, que- I have a question. Can I, can, go I get, ahead. can I get to say something? Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Interesting. Two things. First of all, I think 
from our experience talking to cheese makers from all across the country, the agriculture schools at state universities do a particularly important job in making sure that people who want to learn how to make cheese better can go to school yeah. at, at, at like a university, like especially in Wisconsin or somewhere like that. Yeah. You, you, you see, are you competing with them or are you helping? You know, we them do. Yeah, I, um, I definitely. So during the pandemic, when we, when I took over the business, we obviously didn't, we, we turned off our cheese making classes um, because we couldn't really gather anyway. But, but once I started, started putting our classes back up again and we were opening back up, the world was opening back up again, um, I held back on cheese making a bit just because, um, you know, things are still up and down. And our space was a little bit in flux. But um, we, one of my big goals is to bring back our cheese making classes. And we used to work with so many different amazing instructors um, in that um, arena. And we're still, you know, talking with them and, and hoping to bring that program back, especially now that we are in um, our space at Daily Driver, because it's the only um, creamery in San Francisco. So it is set up for that purpose. So I'm hoping to really bring that back. But but I think, you know, there's uh, there's definitely an exciting. Like I was I was I was looking at um, you know the the folks in Wisconsin, the the farmers that started their cheese university, and um, and then there's also the the um, the guy behind sour milk, which is great. Um, so I want to work with them. I want to collaborate with them because sure. you know we have a lot of students that um, really really are interested in cheese making. So and I would love to work with them to um, you know to really expand our cheese making program. One of my dreams is to sort of create a um, um, like a like a like an exchange program for cheesemongers where they can oh, go and yeah because you know like teaching people about cheese and ta- like teaching people who are going to sell cheese um, it's really important and I think you know there's different there's different regions people like different things so I I it's one of my major goals to create a an exchange program for that purpose and I would love to do that for oh, for cheese making too you know yeah that's yeah you know, are, you, um, are, you you, familiar, are you familiar with a, an English cheese company called Neil's Yard? <laughs> Absolutely, and I love them so much. Yeah, aren't they wonderful? <laughs> two, 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 they two are just I, incredible. Two things I wanted to mention. One is, and this is, this is a fact and then a question implied, if you're a borough market in South London, you can smell Neil's Yard from all the way across the market because they have have so much of it. Our our son even noticed that when when he was in London on one of his trips over there, I guess, and he said, this is fantastic, fantastic, because you can smell where it is. But but (laughs) here's the interesting thing. Their their business model is that they, they will actually buy whole cheeses from the farmers who created them, or the cheesemakers who created them, and that's what's in their store. Yep. But but they they are taking away the carrying cost of cheese. They're absorbing the carrying cost by by yep. making the cheeses part of their inventory, 
and the farmers don't and the cheesemakers don't have to hang on to them. Yes. Yep. 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 And that, they had that wonderful thing in New York, if you remember, where they had the artisan cheese. Yeah, artisan. Yeah, cheese. it didn't last. What happened with that? Yeah. I mean, they had a full the, program too. The are you referring to artisanal the the restaurant? Yes. Yes. That? That was there. Yeah, that was that was one of my. I grew up in New York City, and um, I remember going to that place for the first time, and it truly was uh, probably probably there that I was like, I need to do this one day. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, just like having yeah. a whole like restaurant dedicated to cheese and learning about cheese. Oh my gosh, I I thought it was. The Why didn't it thing. last? That's I mean, a- I thought it was brilliant, and they had they had the restaurants. And then they had the, um, the the center with the affinage and all that stuff too going. Yes. I remember visiting for the first time, and they had baby goats in. Um, the, and they were so cute. <laughs> we're yeah. talking about goat's cheese. Well, now, who who was oh the guy who wrote? Well, who was the guy who wrote the book? And he he I wrote think a book all about Max. Um, oh my gosh, what was his Max name? McCallum. Max yes. McCallum. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we interviewed yes. him a number of times. Here's a question oh, really? for you. Max, yeah. Max, Max wrote a book where he rated all the cheeses he had ever tasted and, <laughs> and, point, and pointed Love out which, that. Ones, which ones he really liked. And I, th- I, think, I think Montgomery Cheddar, Montgomery Cheddar from England. Montgomery Cheddar, sure. I think his number one cheese was some kind of par- particular Parmesan. Oh, was it? Was yeah, it? I mean, Monday yeah, the world's best. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, if I had to pick, um, you know, my favorite cheddar, um, I probably would say. I mean, and I might get in trouble for this, but I would say it's it's pitchfork cheddar. I I just. I think it just blows my mind. I love Montgomery cheddar too. I mean, who doesn't, you know? But like pitchfork is to me. I feel like I'm sitting there eating like uh, like buttered popcorn, and I love buttered popcorn, and I love it. Uh, pitchfork, you call it? <laughs> yes, pitchfork. Yes. Why? Yes. I don't think I know that. Yeah, they are. Um, they are. Uh, it's made by the brothers who do um, the um, uh, Carefilly. So, um, oh yeah, they, they yeah, they are amazing. Um, and I I learned about them from Neil's Yard Dairy. So when Neil's Yard, you know, came, they would come to the cheese school, you know, a couple of times a year and bring different cheesemakers. And that's how I that's how I found out about Pitchfork. And it's new, you know, it's kind of a they're, the these brothers are doing the, um, you know, kind of making making cheese their way, but using you know old English um, recipes and stuff. And it's really amazing. I mean, I absolutely love it. I I you know, it's so hard to pick your favorite cheese, right? I, I mean, know. I, 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 could, I couldn't do it. It depends on, on the day and the season and I know, you know, I all know. of that. It, it, it we, 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 like, we, we like yeah. Stitchelton a lot. Oh, oh my like gosh. What? I mean, who we like Stitchelton a lot. We love it. That, that's that's oh, the, ver- it's the, version of, it's the version of Stilton that, that is... Yes, but raw. Is, what was the word I'm looking for? It's raw, it's raw it's milk. raw milk. The raw milk raw version. Stilton, correct. And it's oh. so good. Oh, my gosh. It's oh, yeah. oh, here we are. We could go right. on like this forever and ever. <laughs> I know, I know. But we, well, we've covered a lot of, of ground uh, for sure. <laughs> um, and listeners, I think that uh, that 
just listening to Janine Egan's uh, Reagan, which one Egan Egan, uh, her mm-hmm. her enthusiasm is should prompt you to explore um, online and then in person the Chief School of San Francisco and its new digs. And uh, Janine, you sound so happy. I'm so glad that you're enjoying everything that you're doing there. Oh, thank you. And I hope that I get to, um, you know, welcome you both in very soon to our new space. I would love to have you at one of our classes um, or events or whatever. You know, it would be great to, um, it would be great to have you um, come in and, and join us, um, you know, when you're next and checking out our dog patch location. And obviously you get to visit Daily Driver, too, who makes, like, you know, obviously some of the best cheeses from Tamales Farm. So cheese. Talika, that's another one of my favorite favorite, favorite all-time cheeses, um, yeah. and, uh, but also, you know, they're amazing bagels, and, um, you know, there's cream cheese that they make fresh in-house every day, I mean, it's amazing, they're wow. doing such great um, stuff there, they're, they, they cure their own locks, it's just delicious, oh my gosh, I'm lucky to be in there with them, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, well, I'll, I'll explore we're, we're more of that, so, so, so. Um, with us, it would be great. Well, you've been a delight to talk to, and I wish you ongoing success and um, much expansion, and and I look forward to seeing you fulfill all these dreams you have because you you obviously have been thinking about it and all your dreams and dreaming for quite a long time. Yes, I know. I have. I have, and thank you so much. I really appreciate your, um, you know, your support and for thinking of, um, you know, talking to me and, um, and just, you know, supporting, supporting our our lovely artisan cheese makers and cheese, all the cheese friends in general. We um, we really appreciate uh, folks like you who who you know think about talking to us and getting the word out and sharing all the all the good things about cheese because that's what it's all about, right? Cheese makes people happy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my dear. Thank you again, and uh, maybe we'll talk again soon. Keep us posted mm-hmm. on on your new programs. I will, for sure. I promise. Thank you so much, both of you, um, and have a wonderful 2023. Thank you, and you too. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.